up guys welcome back we're back and we're better than ever and tired <laughs> and tired um we're not gonna rant on or do any weekly updates i know that i was saying i went to miami and i'm back now but we're gonna save that for a different episodes i have some really crazy stories and funny stories that i want to get to but this week's episode we have a really like interesting guest and we had a really great conversation with her so we want to just get straight into that um not- our guest kind of has to do with the topic surrounding just like career and like career coaching and entrepreneurialism and all of that. And it's something that I think that um, a lot of you will appreciate. Like we had like, honestly, after I had that conversation with her, we were like, wow, why? Like, I wish I knew this when I was like trying to go find a job but even after that stage she has just so much good advice and like i was gonna say it's not like fluffy like theoretical stuff like she actually gives like tips and like like actionable tips on what to do and and not only careers like on like just resumes like branding yourself all that shit we're not gonna get too much into it because we'll let her speak for herself so without further ado hope you guys enjoy okay so thank you for coming on (laughs) um we don't really like to do a huge introduction when guests come on because we want you to like speak for yourself and just tell us who you are. So we came across your profile and we just felt like it really resonates just with what our podcast is all about and just like adulting and trying to see where you fit with your career goals and, and all of that. Um, and we wanted to dive more deep into that. We, we kind of always touch on that stuff here and there, but we thought you'd be the perfect person mm-hmm. to like dive into that topic with. So just give us a brief intro about who you are, um, how you got to being a coach. And specifically, I saw in your bio, you went from HR, like being yeah, in HR yeah. to being a coach. So you can touch on that because that's definitely. Big, yeah. Oh, definitely. So um, for everyone listening, I'm Jasmine Reed Clark. I'm a career coach, content creator, writer. And I really, I'm one of those accidental entrepreneurs, which I didn't realize there's like so many of us and most people kind of fall into things, but I was working in human resources, recruiting people operations for about five or six years uh, previous to the pandemic. The pandemic hits, I was at a new role um, that I've totally scrubbed from my LinkedIn. So there's like no (laughs) tea to find, but I was like on my 60 days, I was like, you know, I don't know what the hell is going to happen with this pandemic. And I'm really scared. And I don't want to deal with this bullshit anymore. So I actually quit and I, um, I had no backup plan. I really was like, okay, I'll just find another corporate job. Or, um, thankfully I, and I want to like address my privilege. I'm in a dual income, but just through the years I've been saving an emergency fund. So I was like, okay, I, I have rainy day money. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, all of my friends kept coming to me because they wanted like HR guidance. And because I was a writer, they're like, can you do my resume? Okay, cool. Hey, can you help me with the negotiation? Cause I remember you got a raise once. How did you do that? And before I knew it, everyone just kept referring their friends and it happened really organically. But I would say, um, at one point my husband like looked at me, he's like, you just have to start charging people. Mm-hmm. But because it was my friends, I, w- I was- You wouldn't think of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was like, Jazz, like, this is taking up all your time. And it snowballed. And now from there, it's one of those stories where I'm so grateful for the way everything unfolded. Um, and now I really focus on career coaching. Typically, people come to me when they are looking to quit their job. But I also get people who come to me because they're like, I want to switch industries or I want to, I had a client recently who just wanted to move to New York city and 
she needed that accountability buddy. Yeah. So I get a ton of people and now I'm um, getting my Enneagram certification so that I can help to weave that into my, my coaching program. Yeah. So we're going to talk a bit more like about that. And also I saw on your profile, like resume tips, cover letter tips. And that's like, so I feel like overlooked when people are in their twenties or even just starting to get a job in general, it's so overwhelming. Like I just graduated university, right. I'm in my post-grad, but I'm constantly like kind of touching up my resume. And when I look online, there's like millions of different examples and things to do. And I'm like, okay, well, which one's right? Because I don't want, I want to use keywords, but also I don't want to put too much. Right. So I feel like <laughs> no, I feel like this topic, like a lot of people resonate with, because even if you're not 20, even if you're whatever, 40, 50, however old you are, like you can never get too much advice when it comes to like your career. Oh, completely. And it's interesting because it's almost like social media. It keeps changing. Like I mm-hmm. recently had someone who said, what's something new you're seeing? And I would say before the pandemic, it was really common to see two page resumes. Mm -hmm. And now I really have seen a huge comeback in one page resumes. So it's also just, it's hard to keep up with even as a freelance recruiter myself. So I I hear you. It's definitely a a game. Also like before we get, because the Enneagram thing really interests us. But before we get to that, I just want to point out, I find it so like different and interesting that you're kind of like a freelance recruit recruiter I guess I don't know if that's the right term I just find that so interesting because I I I don't know if I've ever come across that before and it's weird because we were from Toronto as 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 I said but there's this like agency in Ontario I think it's like a, a provincial thing I don't know what it is but they're recruiters and they kind of do what you're kind of doing but they're like I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to get at, but I just think that it's like so cool because I use those, those people and it was, it was very corporate and you, with you, I feel like it's definitely more personable mm-hmm. and it's probably so much better to go through someone who's freelance. Cause like you're that. actually building like a relation. It's like a personal relationship where you care, right? Yeah. I, you don't even understand you hit the nail on the head because I'll have people where, okay, maybe it's not working with this client, but I'm like, okay, but I know someone else who's hiring. So it really is mm-hmm. my best interest to stay on top of my P's and Q's and give them a great customer experience, even as a freelance recruiter. And how do you like, I don't know if you're allowed to, if you can speak on this, but like, how do you like find the people that are hiring? Do they just kind of, do your clients kind of tell you where they want to go and what jobs they want? You find it for them. Like you basically do all the work that nobody really wants to do when they're trying to look for a job. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, then, and to answer your question, it's, it's all referral based. Like, uh, like I've had the companies come to me cause maybe I like the one that I'm at now, I used to be an intern there and they were like, Hey, like we can't bring somebody on full time, but could we hire you as a freelancer? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then mm-hmm. somebody else, I actually had to turn someone away recently. Cause they're like, Hey, my friend said you do freelance recruiting. So it's really just been word of mouth, which Mm. just goes down to, I mean, obviously that's the name of the game when you're freelancing, but that goes into, if I have any regrets, it's treating a job. Like even if I hated it when I was like 22, I was a shitty employee and just your reputation follows you. And it's so hard sometimes to outlive or outwork you know, a bad experience. So that's some good advice. Yeah. It's a good learning lesson. I've had to learn many times over. Nice. Okay. Well, sorry. We kind of got off track there for a sec, but I found that so interesting. Um, okay. So I want to talk about the Enneagrams, the Enneagram coaching thing. What exactly firstly does 
it mean to be an Enneagram coach? What does it entail? Can you give us a little brief synopsis about that? Totally. Because when I was first getting into the Enneagram, which for those who don't know, it's like a personality assessment tool. It's kind of like Myers-Briggs, but I think it... Mm. It's like, it goes so much deeper and it's like your inner child wounds and like, what are you motivated by? What are your core fears? Interesting. Yeah. And you get like a whole number. And when I first got into it, I was like, okay. And then I just happened to get more into it because at work they kept, if I had to do like a leadership development course at work, or if we were doing a team bonding event, this thing called the Enneagram kept coming up. Finally, I just dove right into it. I got it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. And I go on YouTube. And then that's when I found out about the world of Enneagram coaches. I want to be clear and not say it's like therapy because understandably therapists would come from my throat and be like, uh, we are not the same. I'm not right. cool. um, but an Enneagram coach really just takes the philosophy of looking at your core motivations and your core values and seeing how does that, um, how does that manifest itself? And also we do a lot of shadow work. So I'm completing my certification program. Um, by the time this goes up, I will be completely certified. But when I say that the Enneagram comes up all the time in career coaching, it was, it was just a really natural next step to go ahead and get certified. Okay. And I think that's so interesting to know, like, why you are the way you are at work or just in general like I remember so we were reading through one of your posts and it, there's four types or five types or five? Nine, nine nine types nine, okay there's yeah. nine types yeah and we're reading through it and me and Sam were kind of just saying like oh which one are we so we want to tell you a little okay. bit about what we thought we were and then maybe Ooh. you can like explain more about it. that prototype in case we have it here prototype okay prototype let me see um so, sorry I only, have, I only have mine <laughs> oh I think that was number <laughs> Uh, I think it was number two, uh, the one where um, you like want to be likable. You're, yeah. and then your fear—I forget what the fear was—not so, being likable or something. Yeah. So like a two, they love their biggest motivation is to be loved or liked, mm-hmm. and then their biggest fear is being unloved or not wanted. So yes, that makes total sense. And we'll pick on you first. So with a two at work, a lot of the times you could be the person who's always raising your hand, going the extra mile, but where there's some shadow work is if you're not being recognized, maybe Mm -hmm. you harbor a lot of resentment or you Mm -hmm. have a lot of pride and you might be the girl who, yeah, like looks like, oh, you can count on her for anything. But deep down, you're like, what the hell? Why is nobody giving me my props, my kudos? And that's, yeah, like, that's you, literally you me. I like the other day. I'm yeah. Like- <laughs> uh, so I was in, I don't want to like talk too much about it, but I was in like an internship program and, uh, or an internship. And I found that like, when I wanted, when I did something really, really good, I was kind of like looking for that good job, Fran, or like, here's a gold star. And I was kind of like, where's my fucking gold star? You know what yes. I mean? Like, I kind of wanted that encouragement. And I feel like millennials or like just Gen Z, like this generation needs like, that gold star in order to be like, okay, I'm on the right track. My boss loves me. I'm liked by my coworkers. I can now do good. Cause if I'm in an environment where like no one likes me or like, I feel like I'm kind of like, um, I don't want to say a loser, but like, just no one, no, no friends at work. Yeah, I won't perform as good. Right. Yeah. That's even in school too. Right. So that Absolutely. makes total sense. Yeah. And you could be like a two wing three. Cause I'm a three at like, I think I have balanced wings, but like a three wing two. And it's just the same thing. Like I have to have reward and recognition at work. I am, I'm very like goal oriented. So if Mm -hmm. I'm not working towards something, it's not even so much like 
because I just want that prize. Like, mm-hmm. like I just want that gold star. So yeah, we're totally aligned. What about yeah, you? Yeah. What's your number? Um. Okay. I screenshotted type a uh, mix. I think of a mix of type one, which is mm-hmm. the primary motivation for an Enneagram one is to be perfect and or good. And their primary fear is to be bad or morally corrupt. I literally, that's like, so me, but then also a little bit of type three, where my primary motivation is to be successful. And my primary fear is to be unworthy. Like that's a hundred percent me. I, I get like anxiety or stress when I feel like I might fuck something up. Like yes. it's actually bad. Like, yeah. uh, and even if I'm just starting a new job, I've been like for my current job, I've been there for a month and I'm doing stuff and I'm like, no, this needs to be perfect. I need to do everything they asked me to by this time. I cannot say that. Oh, I might not make this deadline. Like I'm like very much like that. But anyways, yeah, that's what I think I am. <laughs> oh, and totally aligned. And it's so funny because if we like dug deeper, I'm curious, like, I almost feel like maybe it's more of a three because threes and ones can get mistyped a lot. Okay. But with threes, when you're stressed, we typically go into I mean, they say like in stress, you go to a nine, but that, what that really means is you withdraw. And are you like the person who, okay, if you're not going to do a bomb ass job, you probably just like, won't even touch it. Yeah. Like there's so many things in my life, like not even just with work or like career, but I'm literally looking at my board right now of all the things that I want to do. And I, some of them, I haven't continued because I'm like, I'm not going to do it perfectly. So I want to wait until I can do it a hundred percent wait, like I have all these little side hustles I want to do, but I'm not going to start it until I can do it perfectly, you know? Okay. And then I love you (laughs) because we are all three peas in a pod. And one, (laughs) one person I love who's also a three is Jenna Kutcher and she hosts the podcast, The Gold Digger. Yeah. And I will say like a lot of the like girl power podcasts, some of them can be fluffy, but I do think hers has a ton of substance and I completely recommend it to anyone listening um, who does have a side hustle or wants to start one. But I live by this quote I learned on her podcast. She didn't invent it, but it's um, done is better than perfect Mm. because like right now I'm like revamping my website. And so it's under construction. And my husband's like, it's been under construction for two weeks. And I'm like, I know, but I want to tweak this and I want to get like the perfect pan tone. And I was working on it this weekend and I'm like, well, I want to like create this freebie. Eventually I just had to be like done is better than perfect. So Mm -hmm. it's like Jasmine it needs to get up. So I'm finishing it this week. Um, but I totally am with you. And when I feel like I'm not going to do a good job or that I feel like people are going to, I'm not going to impress anyone. That's it. And that even like, sorry, I don't mean to like harp on in this, but even, oh, even this. when it comes to the podcast, right? Like this is something that like we started just during the pandemic as something for fun because we both weren't working at the time blah, blah, blah. Now that we can, we see like potential of where podcasts can go. Right. But the thing is, we don't have a hundred percent of our time into the podcast. And sometimes I get caught up in like, Oh my God, like, I just want to put, I need to put all my time into this because who knows what people are thinking about us half-assing this or that. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, oh. yeah, I know it yeah. <laughs> well because I wear way too many hats. And so yes. I have a few contracts ending on October 1st, like writing contracts. Cause it got to the point that I wanted, I wanted everyone to like me, all of my clients. And then yeah. my work was suffering. So no, to say I understand it is an understatement. I'm in that season right now. Cool. I feel better. Now. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally fine. Um, okay. The next point I want to touch upon that a lot of your feed kind of touched upon well here and there is 
entrepreneurship. So that's like such that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And like, I don't know about Fran, but me personally, I feel like I have more of an entrepreneurial spirit. And what that means to me is that I, and I don't know if this is right, but this is just what it means to me is that I want to have my hands in a lot of things at once. And if you have a nine to five job, or in my case, a 10 to six job, it's almost impossible for me to have my hands in all those things at once. And it's like, my body's like craving it. And it's, it's like forcing it against the wall because I, I physically don't have enough time. And I guess what I want to ask is like, do you think that there's, you can, there's distinguishing factors between people who are more entrepreneurial and people who are meant for, you know, the, the corporate climbing, the corporate ladder type of thing. When I say, I think about this almost every day (laughs) it's not and I'll have clients who are like oh should I quit my job and go start my own thing for some of them I'm like yeah you can do that others I'm like I will never tell a person don't do something because only I think you need to have that Mm -hmm. agency right but uh there are some people where I'm like well um I don't think that's a great idea let's let's put a plan together so yes I I think I once heard it described if you have that itch for something and it's like always in the back of your mind, but we need this. Like I know for my podcast office politics, cause I said, you know, I listen to a lot of like the girl power podcasts and while some are really great and full of substance and full of actionable advice, which I love a lot of it can be a little bit like, okay, I feel like you're recycling the same advice over and over. I felt like there wasn't really a podcast about office life, but about like the bullshit. So Mm. that's where I, and I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And then finally, it's a very long story short, but that's when I came up with office politics. And I think that's part of that entrepreneurial spirit or something I did years ago is I started an Etsy shop because I wanted, (laughs) so yeah, I wanted a water bottle that just said Drake's tears. And this was like, (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, yeah. So to find my own, I had to make my own and I had to get, I think 200 or a hundred minimum purchase. And I was like, okay, fuck it. Like I'm going to buy this cause I want it, but then I'll just sell it. And they sold out within a week on Etsy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, and then nice. people started doing copycat. So I think that's like that spirit of you're like, I'm not going to stop until this is figured out. Um, and then some of my clients where like, I can think of one person specifically, I think they like the idea of saying they're an entrepreneur, but when I, I ask just about that, mm-hmm, they like the idea of flexibility. But when I ask about that business plan, your dream client, your dream feed, what you're doing, your mission, things that should really be lighting you up and uh, fueling you when you're working for free, because a lot of what you're doing is free labor, especially the first year. Yeah. She didn't have those answers. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think. I think you want to be able to say you do your own thing and that's okay. Not everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, my thing is I rather climb the corporate ladder. I think I, I, I like one, my dream is to become like CEO of like a marketing firm, maybe my own one day or of like a different company, like Nike, I'm just manifesting it right now. But <laughs> that's like my thing. Like I want to be like marketing. Okay. I'm sweeping floors and now I'm here and now I'm here yes. and like growing every year, um, which I feel like, I don't know, that's obviously not entrepreneurship, but it's not like, but I just think that it's not bad, not wanting to be an entrepreneur as well. Um, but I think like we had a point here on social media. I think that 
some people really like push like if you're not getting up at 3 a.m in the morning and going to the gym and writing 10 <laughs> books like it's like you're not doing enough it's like dude i've been schooled chill like, it's, I'm it's just- almost like a fad or like like they glorify this or not glorify but they like it's like misleading entrepreneurship like i don't know i don't yeah. know how to Oh, no, it's hustle culture and it's bullshit. Yes, that's what it is. And I totally, I have drank that Kool-Aid. I have had to spit it out. And I am literally here to say it's the in on the other end of hustle culture is a mental breakdown. And I've been there and I've had to take time off. And interestingly enough, I was on a walk with my husband yesterday or maybe two nights ago. And I was like, you know, I'm starting to see more of this conversation, but I'll bring it to to this episode. Mm -hmm. We forget that you know, back when it was more common for a woman to stay at home and for a man to go into the office, it was like a woman wasn't just like sitting on her behind. It was like, she still had a full day of Mm -hmm. work. And I think we forget that work isn't always sitting, is not always like an ass in a chair. But when you are walking your dog, cleaning the house, going to school, doing research, I think we forget that we do so much more than 40 hours in a week mm-hmm. and we don't have any grace for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what you said, exactly. Like not everyone needs to want to start their own business. That's no, if anything, I'm like, if you can be a normal, it's like, to me, I'm like, <laughs> if you can be a normal person and just want to climb. Like that is, I, I am so envious. So it's, yeah. And I love that you said that because I feel that way. I think last week, I made myself like actually sick. Like I don't have COVID or anything. I got tested. I'm fine. But I actually thought I had COVID. And then I realized that Mm -hmm. I'm my job right now, like my nine to five is kind of like, it's a lot. Right. And I like it, but it's a lot. And then there's all these other things I want to do after. And I don't think of it as work. Like you just said. And then by the end of the week, the weekend came and I'm like, I like, I think I'm sick. Like I feel just like foggy and weird and nobody talks about or post TikToks about well I mean at least I don't see them of like people having these like mental breakdown breakdowns or getting physically sick because of all this work that they're trying to do you know what I mean like we're all trying to people who want to be entrepreneurs are trying to to do it but it's hard and I just wish more people would talk about that I guess oh completely in fact I um there's a lot of connections between like mental health and your um your gut so yeah. and I have a lot of gut issues and the second I'm like extra Dang. stressed yeah I get my IBS access not everyone needs to be an entrepreneur we all have I I mean I'm kidding not all of us have IBS but no, like, <laughs> I that is when I can really and that's scary because you can almost psych your, not that I think you should, but sometimes mind over matter. Okay. Okay. But like when you are physically sick, it is mm-hmm. scary. And I'm telling people it's not healthy. What yeah. I, like I said, I've been on the other end of it. Stay away. And I guess to branch off of that, we kind of want to touch on like the mental struggle or just struggle in general about being stuck in a career path or a career that you aren't happy with and like how toxic workplaces and toxic quote-unquote industries can come into play and I'll give you like a little example because if you don't mind if you guys don't mind me giving an example because I've been wanting to talk about this on the podcast but I couldn't really because I was working at this place at that time but long story short I went to 
school for um, like development, urban planning, that type of thing. Like I always thought I would get into like construction. I would be this like badass woman in construction industry, like this and that development. And it was almost like I was psyching myself out because everyone was like, oh, that's really sick. You're a girl and you're going to do that. Like blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, whatever. So I started working. Um, it was hard for me to find a job. And then I finally found a job in like commercial real estate development. And long story short, it was just not that the people were toxic and I don't know how to explain it. Maybe you can touch more, more about it, but it was almost like the industry was toxic for me. Like it was just very like male dominated. A, a lot of the women were in admin positions and I was like, I did not go to school for six. Not that it's anything wrong with it. Like, I don't want to like bash on that, but I, it was just toxic for me. And again, made me sick to my stomach. When I woke up every morning, I felt like ask my, uh, anyone can ask my sister. Like she literally thought I was going Mm -hmm. like berserk. It was crazy. And yeah, I guess, I don't know if you can touch on that. I don't know if that really relates to anything, but I thought it would be relevant. Like everything from, I think you're touching on themes of imposter syndrome to yeah, career (laughs) wellness. And then being in the wrong industry, I remember and this goes to show you really, if you are someone who develops your intuition, I do think intuition's a muscle. And if you come, if you work at it regularly, trust it, follow it, hone it. Because for years before I ended up going on my own, I was like, I just, my, some like my soul, like something in my soul doesn't sit right with corporate that was me. life. Yeah. And, and everyone was like, oh yeah, you're so dramatic or, oh, it's like, it's in your head or, you know, everyone sometimes- yes they're just naysayers. And then sometimes I'm, they, they mean well, but eventually I was like, you know what, again, the pandemic happened. I'm like, who the hell knows how this whole thing is going to end. So I went on my own and again, I don't regret not starting sooner because now I have all of this experience, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but follow that intuition. Cause I don't think if you have the entrepreneurial spirit, which it sounds like you absolutely do, we just aren't meant to take orders. And that's not because we are combative, mean people. I, I, I really pride myself on being easy to work with, mm-hmm. but if I don't believe in what I'm pushing, you're going to get like the shittiest output. hundred percent. I agree. And I just like, and I'm sure you can help people with this, but in that moment, when I started actually feeling that way, like what you're saying resonates with me so much, like in my soul, like yes. in my body, I was like, this is not me and I need a career change and I manifested it. And now I'm, while I'm still in corporate, it's something that I actually like, and I can bring it. It's kind of like transferable into my, um, like personal life where the other one really wasn't, you know, I love what you just said. And especially if you are a three or if you're entrepreneurial, um, I had a client, her name is Maya Fleming. In fact, she has her own podcast, the gentler podcast. And she's so, I love her. And she was look, she's got to pay the bills. And she was like, Hey, can, can I hire you? Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, I think I just want something that like, I can go to work and, and hate uh, so I can focus on my side hustle. And I'm like, I get that, but I'm like, you're a th-. like, I knew, I knew her well enough at this point to know this about her and say it to her face. I'm like, mm-hmm. we're both threes. You that's a crock of shit. I know you need to, cause you want that recognition at work. So you can't hate your job. And by, by the end of it, she now was able to move. She moved States and now she has a job where I'm like, what is it in your business right now? Like, what is, um, what's a weakness? And we were able to mm-hmm. identify a few things. I'm like, okay, let's find a job. That's going to 
give you the tools, the systems and the experience. And that's what we got her to do. And now she's really, I mean, does she want to retire there? No, but is she like, this is almost like seed money for my Mm -hmm. side hustle. And I'm getting like almost, you know, a second education on the side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. You are right on the money with that. That makes total sense. I'm glad I'm not the only one who like <laughs> feels that way. But anyways. I think with career change, it's hard too because there's so many like external factors like family, friends, or like if you're not going to a job where you went to school for, it's Which kind of like, well, fear. why the hell did I go to school for four years? Like, or um, why did I do this? Why did I do that? Or there's, there's always that extra step. Like, oh, I have to get a postgrad. I have to get a master's to do this job, that job. So it's yeah. like, there's so many other factors too that I feel like people are just scared to be like, I don't want to do this anymore because they've put out so much time, energy, and money. And it's like, what are other people going to say? Especially if it's a job that maybe makes less money, but makes you happier, yeah. you know? That, that part. And it, it would be like way too long of an episode. I went to school for journalism and communications. I clearly left to go into HR. There was a part of me that's like, I got to stick it out. I got to stay in marketing journalism. If I were to fast forward, like by 10 years, I can say this. It is funny how life will work out and I, now I use my journalism background Mm -hmm. also thing, like I was still using it in HR, but also you're not too, like, it's not too late. I remember being 25, like I'm too old to switch careers. And like, now I can like, yeah. And this is what, cause now I can sit there and laugh and be like, okay, 25 isn't old, but it's really just don't be afraid to follow it because, and this is what I had to do for myself. I was like, truly what is the worst that can happen? Yeah. And I thought of two things and one was other people's opinions. People mm. are going to be like, LOL. And then I was like, okay, yep. <laughs> and what are you going to do? And I was like, cry myself to sleep. But I was like, and you are also going to be able, like, let's put a spin on this. I tried something new. I branched out. I got a new skill. And like, if you want to put a spin on it, you can. And then the other thing I thought the worst thing that could happen is I don't have a job. Mm, And so then I came up with that backup plan. And of course, you know, that conversation of privilege and resources comes in and yes, I was able to, I was like, worst comes to worst. If I can't support myself, I can move back home with my family. I realize that's not everyone's reality, but I was like, okay, then try it. And all I can say is now I wish I would have done it sooner. switching from marketing to HR, I mean, and then it was funny because one of the first jobs I took in HR was an admin type of role. Within a few years, I was making 30 grand more. I'd gotten multiple promotions. So do not think your starting place is your ending place. Yeah. Unless you want to treat it like that. Yeah. No. And I've, I've heard, like, I've had people say to me so many times, like you will switch careers so many times when you're 22 to like 50. So don't think that's like set in stone, anything that you need to do. So that's very encouraging to hear. Oh, completely. I think I want to end off with some tips for creating like the perfect resume, good resume. Cause you say you've seen like probably so many resumes over your years. Right. And mm-hmm. also want to touch upon like your, that your elevator pitch, like how to elevate your elevator pitch. Ooh, I love, I, I, love love that. That. <laughs> I learned about that. And I was so interested. It's like, you're literally selling yourself. And when I'm in interviews and people are like, so tell me about yourself. I'm like, yeah, I literally just like I'm like, um, yes. I'm in school, but they don't give a shit that I'm in school. Like, okay, so where's like, yeah, like millions of other people? Like, yeah, there's so yes. many other things. Oh, I love this. Okay, so resume tips. Do you yeah. 
here, I'll give you like my top three. Yeah, okay, top yeah, three top, is good. Yeah, I would say, because I was looking at resumes today. Okay, an easy win is if you are applying to be a marketing manager, your resume doesn't need to say software engineer. Mm. Like just go ahead and change it. Make sure it's applicable because on average, and there's stats to back this up, but anecdotally, I can confirm you have about six seconds to grab a recruiter's attention. We're going through 300 resumes. We don't have time. So yeah. little things like that, where I, I was looking at, um, I'm hiring for a graphic designer and like an engineer applied. I'm like, for what? And like, so yes. I didn't even bother. Like I was for what? Click, <laughs> and I just kept it pushing. And then other things, it's simple, but so many times people have typos yeah. and here's the thing i am very forgiving with typos unfortunately most hiring managers aren't because they're like this is your best yeah like, it's, it's your first impression it's a reflection yeah. of their work people yeah exactly so have your friend look at it i know people are afraid of feedback and that's why you're not showing mm -hmm. your friends your resume you really have to see the bigger picture and know that sending like having it proved could be could be the difference between you know a fifty thousand dollar job yeah. and a yeah. thirty thousand dollar job and then my third really like, yeah yeah my third best tip is keep it clean so if you are going to reach out to a recruiter that's the time to have the really beautiful resume but when you're applying online it's going to go to an applicant tracking system in ats so we were talking about keywords mm. um that's what's going to lift it ats systems they're just not sophisticated enough to see like the different fonts and the graphs and the colors so kind of keep your clean boring minimalist one um is what you should be putting to, towards the machine um, a question and do you recommend like those fancy colorful graph is that like within certain industries so if i'm applying to be a marketer i feel like I'd want to make mine unique because I'm trying to sell myself like as a marketer, but I feel like someone as like an engineer doesn't really need like pink and fruits like on the page. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think it's like different. I don't know. I like you hit. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. Like, I think if you're going to do anything creative, yeah, definitely. Cause again, I was going through graphic designer resumes today. I'm like, this is your resume, like <laughs> a graphic designer. So <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely like marketing, all of that. Um, but with the ATS system, still keep it clean. So it can mm -hmm. be read, but when you submit something to the recruiter, definitely feel free to make it pretty. And you're right. The more kind of like, you know, fancy jobs. Yeah. I've seen people totally like, they just don't take sometimes the colorful. Mm. That's the thing. Stock who would be your potential manager on LinkedIn? No, can you know? Yeah, can you know everything? No, but you can make some assumptions. So I know um, if I if I can see, okay, this looks like an like an agency. Everyone seems young and like a like Gen Z. Okay, I can mm. have fun and I can make my resume more quirky. Yeah. And then if I'm going to apply to like a hundred year old consulting firm it's okay let's let's keep it keep boring yes <laughs> okay that makes boring, sense like the job no i'm kidding yes. yeah i'm kidding really. <laughs> and then for elevating your elevator pitch okay let me ask you guys this who wants to go first not me and you're oh, gonna ask her no. you can ask sam <laughs> i don't even know really what an elevator pitch is this was friend's question what is it just like tell um so when i learned it it was like the amount of time from the first floor to the CEO like floor that you have to sell yourself to get a job. If they don't like you, they're sending you back down to the first floor and like they're asking I, I honestly up. would literally not know what to say. And you know why? Because 
when I was first applying to jobs, like career jobs, quote unquote, it was during COVID. And every time I had my note, like what I was going to say in front of me, like near the camera. So I was literally reading. Oh, yeah. Now it's it. not going to be like that, right? Because going back in person, you can't read off. You need exactly. to know yourself. Yeah. yeah. But you like to have me on the podcast. You guys had to pitch me and my ass is here. So like, you that's, true. that's the thing. Like, I think I, so much of my coaching is, I swear to God, you have the tools. You just don't even know that. Yeah. In there. But to kind of like use you all for an example, um, I usually say, obviously you'll say your name, but you said like, oh, I'm in school. They know I'm in school or they don't care that I'm in school. You're totally right. Like, again, like you're already a step ahead where people go wrong is they start to ramble and then they lose people's attention. So I try to tell people if I know there's like the star method and whatnot, but here's what I mentally do your past, present, future, how I got here. So tell me what triggered your, um, your interest either in the role or the industry that we're in. Um, tell me something you've done previously, bring me up to speed and then tell me how you got here. So if you're like, okay, that that's cute. Oh, can I try it? I want to try it. Yes. Okay. Okay, I'm going to try it. Okay. Um, so let's just say I'm going for like a marketing role. Um, I'll say, can I say I've been playing soccer? Is that like not relevant? Because it's relevant. I say, um, ever since I was younger, I've been playing soccer and I've been using Nike equipment because I love the brand of Nike. I don't know. And then I would say, um, I've used like Oh no, I fucked up. See now again. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Okay. That was past. See, like I want to say, like, I'm incorporating my past of the love for the brand of Nike. And I want to be like part of um them making experience for consumers. And then maybe like now, do I say now? Or what I've done, right? I can say I've been like a marketing coordinator for a group project, like in school, make it kind of hype it up. And then future you said. So future or like, or, or like, um, so if it's a marketing job, tell me how you got, so actually here, I can already tell you, I already see the theme clicking is teamwork mm-hmm. and you were talking about this love of athletics. So you could say, um, where did you grow up? Me in Toronto. Oh yeah. Okay. So you could say like, um, hi Joss or, okay. So pretend I'm the recruiter <laughs> and I'm like, okay, hi Fran, great to meet you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. And you're like, Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I'm from Toronto growing up, I was playing soccer and I fell in love with athletic and, and the equipment. And that's when, and it's through sports that I learned how to uh, communicate and, and mm. work with a team. And I thought, where can I take this skill set? And that's when I was introduced to marketing, attending XYZ University, where I studied marketing and communications. Um, since then I have interned at blah, blah, blah. And I've been able to stay up to date on my favorite sports team. So I would love what to the hell? This is so, that's like so natural to I'd be like, uh, 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 no, but like it comes with practice, obviously, but no, that's so, like, that's like a really good outline to tell people like, yeah, past, present kind of future and then where you want to be or like where you are now. Exactly. And like, just have it click. Cause almost the like one tip I'll give some people, I'm like, pretend I'm in second grade and just walk me through. Mm. I mean, not literally walk me through your story. Yeah. That would be a whole, we'd be here forever, but it's almost like, and think about this too. How do you want to be remembered? Is it like, oh, she's, she's the marketing girl who understands sports. Cause that's what I'm going to be writing in my notes. Like, yeah. you know, Fran Toronto loves sports, teamwork. Cool. Okay. That's yeah. how I'm going to remember you. Okay. Hmm, that was, that's so, that's so helpful. Tips I've ever gone yeah. 
ever. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. But you girls really Maybe do have it. Cause like I said, when, um, I'm, I mean, I'm not too picky cause I, I love going on podcasts, but I was like, oh damn. Okay. I, I know what they're about. I know what their demographic is. I know what they want me to talk about. Cool. And to me, it is way harder to pitch someone to come on a podcast than it is to pitch yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's the other thing too, where we, I don't, I need to figure out a way to, I want to write about this one day, but like gatekeeping where I hate that the shit is a mystery. Like I almost hate that I have a job in career coaching because I don't feel like people are talking about this enough because mm-hmm. it shouldn't be complicated, but which, which is why we're so happy you came on. Yeah. And also oh, yeah. thank you for saying that because like that makes like the whole like validation thing that she was talking oh, about that makes you feel good. good. Someone else thinks that our little like pitches were good, but we're, oh, yeah. that's why we're really happy to have you on because we talk about this stuff here and there we talk a lot about just like all of this what we've been talking about but it's never been this in depth like Mm -hmm. from somebody who's a professional at it so I think that what you're doing is really good and I think that like do you touch on on career coaching specifically on your podcast as well oh yeah it's um to a degree it's funny that you bring that up because I Okay. Going back to wanting everything to be perfect. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, well, I, I I'll outline these things. And I just have to keep reminding myself. It, my podcast can evolve with me. Yeah. So I'm starting to introduce more topics. Cause at first I was like, nobody wants to hear this stuff. And then I started getting feedback of like, mm-hmm. Hey, can you do another episode where you tell me? Cause the first one I did was how to deal with a micromanager. And I thought no one would give a shit. And that was one of the first ones that kind of popped off. Mm. And so I was like, oh, okay. Listen, I think that that is like a great idea because like I was saying, like uh, at the beginning of the podcast, when I even worked with like the governmental agency that did this stuff, I did like, I remember calling the girl who was kind of dealing with my quote unquote case. And I, when I initially wanted to switch careers and I was like emotional I was so emotional and I almost wanted to cry to her and be a little bit more personable and like get all these tips and tricks, but it was just, she wasn't budging. She was more like robotic a little bit. I hope they don't listen to this. They probably don't obviously, but I mean, (laughs) it was a little bit robotic. It was like, okay, do this, do this, do this. So I think having a podcast or just like someone like you as an outlet, like obviously for your services, but also just to listen to you speak about it is like, I think what you're doing is like, God sent. Thank you. And that is like, that's all the validation I need because again, going back to being an entrepreneur, it's because you see a necessity and I'm like, okay, nobody's talking about the shit that happens behind the scenes. So let me tell you what I've learned. So mm-hmm. I'm just, and thank you guys for having me on. I would be no, no happy to come back in. For a hundred percent. For part two, maybe we can get like listener questions. Yes. Part two, that'd be so. That's a good idea. idea. I okay, yeah, do that. Yeah. We're, we're gonna do that in the near future. Thank you so awesome. much. You're welcome. Stay safe, y'all. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. And we're back. Thank you so much to Jasmine for taking the time and coming on. Um, as you could probably tell, we were in a different location. It was because there was like some. T- tornado shit going on outside so we couldn't come into the studio and Fran was too afraid to drive so anyways um we had to record from home but still it was it was really good having her on so thank you to her and make sure you check out her social media and her website should also be up and running um by the time this comes out so yeah we do want to end off with just some fun shit just some like pop culture shit that happened this week so I don't 
like really keep up with the Met Gala or like watch it. I just look at the outfits after because I think some of them are like really the, crazy. The Met Gala, there's nothing to watch. Don't you watch them like go on the red carpet? No, but it's not like an award show. <laughs> so what they do, you just walk the carpet? It's for it's for fashion. Okay, well, let's rate some outfits. So I picked ones that are like, I don't know. Wait, but people who are listening can't see. That's fine. They know what I'm talking about. It's fine. We ha- we also had an Instagram poll. We'll put we'll put some we, of the pictures. Yeah, yeah, we can. So we also had an Instagram poll though. Okay, so first one. Kim fucking Kardashian and this ghost okay. costume that she pulled up with. <laughs> Kim the looks like American Horror Story. You know American Horror Story season eleven, where like the fucking monster dresses up in that costume with the mask and he starts. I don't watch I that. I don't want to say. But there, the, the amount of memes that have been made from Kim, like him, you know, Harry Potter, the black um, black things that fly in the air from Harry Potter, or like, there's this one meme where it's like Kendall Jenner's like in this like sparkly, really pretty outfit, and then Kim K's beside her. It's like me and my anxiety at a social event, and Kim K has yeah. like her face. Listen, but, she fucking does too much. Like, isn't the Met Gala supposed to inspire people with fashion? Like, who wants to wear that? That's some, like, dominatrix shit. Yeah, I didn't like it. So a lot of people, we put Anyways. like it or love it, and a lot of people put don't don't like it. Yay or nay, I say nay. Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Yes. This bitch is so hot. Like, she's literally my girl crush. Megan okay, Fox. I, I don't get, like, I'm not someone who, you know, like, there's people that are, like, obsessed with the Kardashians. Like, they get, like, obsessed. Or, like, with certain celebrities, they just, like, follow them. They're just like, oh, my God. That's, like, me with Megan Fox. Yeah, she's... And I she never like, get, like, She, fell that. off the face of the earth for a bit, though. Okay, and she, machine- she put her Instagram as, like, the native tiger. And she was trying to be, like, all, like, spiritual and shit. And then she started dating him. And now, like, she, like, re- like reborn. But I think she looks so good. I don't I like think, him. I, think I do he, like him. I think he's... I think he's hot. He gives me really bad vibes. Like, evil, like, scary, not good vibes. I don't like him. Um, and just... But the way they were acting, though, like... She was calling him, like, her bait, Like, her daddy, like, on, like, the carpet. I was like, don't... You're like forty five. No, like, who cares? No, I think that no, Megan I know, Fox. But how she no, 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 no. Okay, wait, wait. Like, I'm gonna say something controversial. I hate that word slightly. I think Megan Fox can get away with it for some reason. She just has that vibe where she's like badass. They like kiss with their tongues or some shit, which is weird. But I mean, like they can get away with it. Then Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker come in and start doing that shit, and I'm like, <laughs> cancel, stop. With like, do you see? But why can't they do it? And then because they can Kourtney do it. Kardashian was never that vibe ever. Megan Fox was, was really was she though really? Yes, yes, only in movies they portrayed her to be like the sex like person. Like, yeah, but Kourtney Kardashian is doing some next shit. Why she dresses like a biker now? Like Megan Fox always had that like like her vibe. outfit was so nice. Anyways, that's this guy who's that? Um, fuck what's his name? Yeah, no, he looks the like, fuck he that looks, is. He looks like a transformer. <laughs> Yeah, people put don't love it. I he like sh- him, but like he I showed don't... up looking like a Grammy Award. <laughs> he just don't look good. This bitch, Lily Reinhardt, is that her name? The girl from, from Riverdale. I like this. This is Wait, cute. Can you go back? I can't see. She has like cute flowers on her dress. I mean, I wouldn't wear it, but I think it fits her vibe. Cute. She's yeah. cutesy. This one I fucking hate. Who? First of all, I don't know who you are. Okay. Her Fred. dress says "Tax the Rich." <laughs> Fred. She's a politician. Oh. <laughs> This makes her so much fucking sense. I did a whole ass. Is this the environmental girl? The one all um, about like the environment. She. I did a whole thesis on her. On my yeah, last year at U of T. She like she uh, like um. It is all for like the new green deal. 
that this makes sense and, like, because her I was name's say, Alexandria or yeah, yeah I know that is now I know her face this makes sense because like you're you're saying tax are rich but you're at an event with all rich people and like you're in this like really fancy dress and you're rich why like, well she's not necessarily rich she's a politician but I thought she was a celebrity that's why like, no I was, but like, like I think that that's actually I mean like I don't know about her fucking campaign or whatever but like I think that what she's doing is kind of like well her like, dress is ugly cool. and no one else liked that so no okay oh, Shane Tatum he looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. Kind of boring, though, like a little bit. But he looks okay, good. Okay, sorry. What do you want him to wear? What fucking Lil Nas wore? <laughs> Did you see this one? Rihanna. Okay, ASAP Rocky looks like he's wearing my they, fucking They clothes. literally look like they came back from a sleepover and they're just still in their shit and they're like walking to another no, they room like, they and their like duvet they're doing, covers. They Especially, look like they're doing the walk of shame. Like they're like covered in their like nunas no, quilts and just they're full on having movie night at this at this carpet. And the funny thing is, I saw a video of ASAP Rocky taking off like his duvet like bed cover, and he was wearing like this regular ass outfit, but he was like taking it off as, as like there's something good underneath, and people were, like, what the fuck is that? Like you look basic. And I didn't like Rihanna either, and what she's wearing. What's she, on her head? She looks like a comforter. <laughs> she looks like a straight bed comforter. Um, and then this bitch, who's this? Zoe Kravitz? Yeah, she, she looks She's good. dating Shane Tatum, you know that? Yeah, they match, I think. She looks good. She looks good. Anyways, I just wanted to look through these because I thought they were funny. And I saw this tweet where it's like, all of us are raiding rich people's outfits and we dress like Adam Sandler every day. Like, basic-ass people are like, oh, you look hot, you don't. And they're in, like, fucking thousands of dollars clothing. We're here just sitting in fucking, like, basic clothes. We have no right to be like judging their outfits, but we definitely have a right. That's why they do the Met Gala. So I don't know about doing really they like dress in thousands of dollars. But anyways, that was our little episode. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Um yeah. Let us know if you have any specific questions for Jasmine because we want to have her on for like, like a, a second part time. Two. But like we want to have specific questions from our listeners to ask her because I think that that would be a good idea. Like specific like questions about your career or just like building your business or like or even things we talked about in this episode just yeah. for her to like further explain. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for watching, and we will talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.